God in heaven, Lord, we, uh, we do pray um, that you, that, that Holy Spirit, you shake us. Uh, God, we, we know that um, uh, on the day of Pentecost, the, 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 uh, the, the, the room in which the disciples, all of the disciples, not just the few, but all the disciples were sitting was, was shaken, uh, God, because you were, gonna, you were doing a mighty work. Uh, God, shake in us. Uh, something that we can't deny. Uh, let us start uh, today, if we haven't, uh, uh, submitting to the shakedness uh, of the Spirit inside of us. So, uh, God, stir in us um, uh, and an affection, a deep desire to, to learn more about you, to, to grow deeper in intimacy with you. Uh, and, and God, as we um, open your word, to, to be able to, to listen more intently uh, to you. So, uh, God, through all this, we ask that all glory, all honor, all praise goes to you. And we pray it's in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, we can have a seat. Alrighty. How we doing? Yeah? Okay, so, um, so, um, we're going to start a, a new series today on the Ten Commandments. Um, I, I, uh, I know that um, we have been anticipating this uh, for quite some time, right? Oh yeah, right. Uh, so, so I think there's some mixed feelings in, 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 in all of this. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I want to learn about the, 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 the Ten Commandments, but I don't know. When, when you get to uh, number five and honoring your father and mother, I might be <coughs> sick that day. Or wait, well, you know, I mean, the, the, so here's the deal. Don't, don't, don't play these games. Yes, we're going to go in order. Yes, each, each week we're going to hit um, one of the, the, the commandments. Um, so in, in my, um, my, my, my process and the approach in which we're going to take for uh, this series is that each week, um, excluding this week, this is like an introduction, but starting next week we're going to hit um, each commandment one at a time. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at the commandment and look at it in its context. Why God gave it uh, to uh, to the, 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 uh, the, the children of Israel, how that then uh, you know, really applies to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ and, and how we can learn from that, how we can grow from that. So I'm, I'm super excited about that aspect because I, I think, uh, and, and, and some of you will probably try to correct me, but it's fine, um, I think that a lot of the times we see the Ten Commandments, maybe we see them on, a, on the wall or we see them in wherever and we think, yeah, that's, that's good. They must, they, must, they must be a Christian because they got Ten Commandments on their wall. Well, it's not just putting them on, on the wall. It's, it, that's good uh, because we talked last week in Deuteronomy 6. Uh, God said that we need to write these on our wall. We need to put them on the doorpost uh, of the house, of our house. But it's not just having them Visible. It's understanding how they really truly impact your daily walk with Christ. Uh, and, and that is going to be the, the major focus of this series is how do the Ten Commandments, which were given way back then, how do they impact my life and my daily walk with Christ today? Because I think they do. Well, I'm, I'm not, I don't think they do. I know they do. I'm convinced of it. So um, w w with that... I want to start out in Colossians chapter 2. So if you've got a Bible, turn to Colossians chapter 2. Because in preparing this, and this is, a, my wife will tell you, this has been a stressful preparation time. I, I, I've been preparing for, well, four or five weeks for this. 
And any of you know me, I have a tendency to over-prepare, uh, especially if you have like four or five weeks to, to, to get things together. Um, it's like, okay, I want to say this, and I want to say this, and I want to say this. Well, um, at the end of the day, there's a lot that I want to say, but I don't think that God wants me to say. So in clarity and in filtering through this, I think that this is where God wants us to start and wants us to listen. It's starting in Colossians. Well, wait a second. The Ten Commandments is in Exodus. We'll get there. Trust me. Eventually. But in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul writes this. He says, therefore, and understanding that why that's there, he's referencing what has taken place. He says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, and a lot of you have heard this. Um, you've heard me say this. Some of you have went through the, the discipleship material and understand, wait a second, this is, the, this is the leading verse or the main verse for all the discipleship material. Absolutely. It says, um, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. So wait a second. Who's he talking to here if, if he's saying, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord? Believers. The believers, right. He's talking to his body. So he's talking to you. He's talking to me, right? He says, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. I, I, I love that. It, it, because a, a lot of times what happens is, yes, I'm a Christian. And, and, and there's, there's, there's no movement. Yeah, I, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. And, and we've got to stand still. No, it says, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. There's action that's tied to your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I will, and as we will see by our study of the law and everything, it's not our actions that produces faith in Jesus Christ. It's our actions that are a product of our faith in Jesus Christ. You see the difference there? He says here, the Apostle Paul says, so, you know, be, if you say that you're a Christian, if I say that I'm a Christian, act like it. That, that, that's, that's my interpretation there of what Paul is saying there. Act like it. So walk in him. And he gives us this beautiful thing of how to do this. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. And, and, and I think that, that this is where a lot of people will, will give, like, I don't know enough. I don't know enough to, to walk. I don't know how to respond to this situation or that situation or, or the circumstance in, in, in which I'm in. Well, he, he, when, when Paul says established in the faith, he, he doesn't say, okay, uh, Matt, you need to be established in the faith. Good luck doing it. No, God doesn't tell us to do something without giving us the ability and the resources to do it. So he says here, okay, you need to be uh, established in the faith here just as you were taught. And that's what I want to like kind of focus in on here. And this is what I want us to do with this Ten Commandments series. Is I, I want you, I want me, I want us to be taught so we, we can be established in the faith. And we don't look at the Old Testament law and everything as, well, it was good then, but it doesn't apply to us now. Because, oh, this is, this is the, the, the big story. I'm under grace I am no longer under the law. No one, I know no one in here would say that, but I know you know uh, church people that, that say, um, you know, I'm no longer under the, the law. I'm under grace. Yes, absolutely. You are no longer under the curse of the law. You are no longer under being justified by the law. As Paul says in Galatians uh, 3, you, you know, your righteousness is not because of works of the law. 
But that doesn't mean that we take the, 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 the law like we would a, a box of tissues and say, I don't need it anymore, right? I, th- this is what Paul, when he makes this, this clear statement of, I'm no longer under the law, but I'm under grace, he says elsewhere that the law is holy and the law is righteous and the law is profitable and we shouldn't just get rid of it. And, and, and as the great reformers, and we'll see some, some good quotes here in a minute, um, but as the, the, the great reformers viewed the law, the great reformers, I'm talking uh, Martin Luther and, and, and John Calvin and Zwingli and all these other, you know, the, 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 the dead white guys that, uh, you know, we can read about that, that, that really transformed and helped mold the, the faith. Um, the, the, these, these great reformers looked at and understood the law as it should be, as Paul communicates it as, it's a rule for life. And, and, and when we say, oh, you know, there you, you, you had me up until that point, Lee. I don't like rules. And, and some of you are like, okay, yeah, rules. Rules are just meant to be broken. Right, so don't raise your hand, but how many of you, you, have you thought of that at one point or said that at one point or another? Well, it's not about rules because rules, that's religion. Well, here's one thing. One of your favorite verses, and I don't know you, but I'm sure that because this is pretty much every, every Christian's one of, their, one of their favorite verses is John 3.16, where it says, For God so loved the world... Well, yes, he loved the world, so we can just, he loves everyone. Well, understanding what, what, what that means, that, that word world means cosmos, it's the ordered state of the universe. Okay? So, I, and I, what I'm saying is, God has rules, and, and the way in which um, God has given these rules, and so order can, uh, can, can, can be followed so that chaos doesn't happen. What's the opposite of, of order? It's chaos, right? So, so rules, what we don't need to look at is rules as a bad thing. Just like some people don't like to look at, don't like authority because they don't like to be under authority. I, I fully believe that no one ever should be in authority that's never under authority because that just creates anarchy. Well, I'm free to do what I want to do because I'm in charge. No, no, if you, if you have that mindset that you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for a fall. So understand that rules in and of themselves are not bad. And the rules in which God has given us in the Ten Commandments are not something that he wants to take his thumb and press us down on and keep us in bondage to or by. These rules in which God has given us are actually for freedom. So that we can be set free to live. This is a bad illustration, but I I can't get it out of my mind because in less than four weeks, uh, God is going to open the gates of heaven and college football is going to start again. So, right, we got the countdown in the Kackner household. Um, But just just think about this. If, If there were no rules in the game of football, would it be interesting or would we watch it for a moment? Right? I mean, if, if, if the, the, the quarterback was able to run through the stands and come back down on the field and have no boundaries in which to operate inside it, and hell, you could have 45 people on the, the, on the field at one time. It would just be mass chaos. But rules provide a, a, a platform. Rules provide this environment so that excellence can happen, especially if you're watching Clemson, right? Um, just saying... 
uh, but, but rules in and of itself. And I, maybe you're thinking, man, that's a bad analogy. Oh, okay, but understand that rules provide boundaries, and boundaries are not bad. Understand that, that, that when, when we look at, at the rules in which God has given us, he's given them to us for a purpose. And that purpose in which he has given them to us for is not to oppress us. It's not to keep us in bondage and keep us in slavery. It's quite the opposite. We'll see in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, that it says uh, that, that um, it was, uh, I'm the Lord your God that, that, that uh, brought you out of Egypt and, and freed you from the bondage of slavery. And then we see in Galatians chapter uh, 5, verse 1, it says, for freedom you have been set free. So do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Understand that there, there, there is a, um, uh, there, there's a correlation to God's moral law and God's rules in which he has given us and no longer being enslaved, enslaved, bondage. Because what we have to understand is this. Sin enslaves. Sin enslaves. And I think that when we brush away all of the muck and the mire and try to figure out, okay, so what's the big purpose of why do we really need to be taught and why do we need to learn the Ten Commandments? It's because what they will do is they'll be a guide for you. Are they going to keep you from sinning? No, you, you keep you from sinning. You choose to sin. But what they will do is they will guide you on the path of, okay, th th this is sin and this is not sin. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 7, he says, you know, if it wasn't for the law, I wouldn't know what sin is. And I think that that's part of that, that, that teaching, that those things that we've been taught that Paul is talking about here in Colossians chapter 2. We need to know what it means. What it, when it says, you know, do not or thou shalt not, we'll break out the, the, the KJV, thou shalt not commit murder. What does that really mean? Does that, does that mean that, that I'm not allowed to go hunting? I mean, if that's it, we're all out, right? Well, most of us. Uh, does that mean that I can't serve in the armed forces and go to war? Does that... He, there are things that we have some, we know like on the, on the, 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 the surface level, it says not to murder and I shouldn't do this, but what does that mean? How does that apply now? I think that understanding things like that is going to help guide us in our walk with Christ. So when we, when we talk about, and as we're talking about the law, you're going to hear the law and we're going to reference that directly to the Ten Commandments. Are we under the law for, by, uh, or for the means of being righteous before God? Absolutely not. So the law is not, and, and hear me on this, we'll, we'll probably go back every week a little bit on this, the law is not for justification. To be justified, I mean, so the, the action of, of, of being justified is justification, just a big word meaning to be uh, made right before God. So the law and, and, and adhering to the law is not a means to be right or may, a means to being made right before God. The law, as it is intended for us now because of Christ's finished work, is for sanctification. It's that, and we call this the discipleship. And, and how about this? We'll, we'll call this our walk. So walk in him. That, 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 that walk 
That's what, what, what we are, we're going to use the, the, the law for. It's a guide. So just think about it. It's a guide on our walk. Our walk with Christ, and we're going to be guided by the law. Now some of you are saying, well, wait a second, I'm supposed, you're supposed to walk by the Spirit. The Spirit works through the law. Understand that the Spirit of God works through the Word of God in the people of God. So I'm not minimizing the role of the Holy Spirit here, and I'm not putting up the, the, the put the check marks in the box, and, and, and you, if you just do these things, you don't need to worry about the Holy Spirit. No, because the, the fact of the matter is to hold true to and be obedient to the, the law, you're going to have to some days rely so heavily on the Holy Spirit that he's going to have to drag you along. But he's going to do it. So, so as, we, as we look at this and as we're, we're continuing um, in, in the process of um, understanding uh, that uh, the, the, the law is a good thing, Ten Commandments, they're profitable for everyday life. They're profitable for teaching. This goes back to what one of my favorite, that we've talked about many, 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 many times, one of my favorite passages for us as Christians and as a body of believers, and that's 1 Timothy chapter 4. Turn with me real quick. Because I think that it's one thing to be taught. And it's good that we need to be taught. But what are you doing with that teaching? Well, I'm trying really, really hard. Are, are we told to try? Well, as long as you try your best, Johnny, it'll be okay, right? It, it, it doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. It says train. It says train yourself for godliness. That's what it says in verse, in verse 7 right there. And then it goes on to say in, in, in verse 8, and this is where I, I usually uh, focus on here, for while bodily training um, is of some value, uh, godliness is of value in every way, which holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. What I want to focus on is in verse 7 here, it says, train yourself for godliness. Training yourself. Well, how do you train? Do you, do you just like, I, I, I was thinking about like, uh, going, if you go to the gym, if anybody of you have gone to the gym and for the first time you walk into the gym, I know this was, this was this way for me, but you walk into the gym and you see all of these, this equipment, like there's treadmills over here and there's these, um, funky, uh, what do they call it? Ellipticals. And they got these, these stair steppers. I don't understand. Like, cause you, like none of those things you go, don't go anywhere. You don't get taller or go higher or anything. But you're like, they have all of these equipments, and then they have these things that have these cables on them, and you can like do different motions, and then they got all this stuff over here that they're these, these weights, and like, so you can get overwhelmed. You can be in the right place, but have no idea what to do with all of this stuff that's put before you, right? Sometimes that could be us when we come to church, or we enter into like, I, I want to train, I, I want to train uh, for godliness, and I've got all of this equipment, all of these opportunities. That I just don't know where to start, or well, maybe I'm going to start. I'm going to start over here with the free weights. So, I, I, okay, now what do I do? I got them in my hands. Do I do? Do I do? You know, do I do like this? Or do I do like this? Or do I do it? Like, what, what do I do? I've been taught that I need all of this stuff to, to, to be in shape and to do, you know, to, 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 do, uh, to, to train, but I don't know how to use it. I think that that's sometimes we get overwhelmed 
with, with that. And I think that that, that kind of can relate to us as believers in Jesus Christ. So I, I want us to understand, and, and this is where I, I want us, why I want to teach the, the Ten Commandments over the next, uh, you know, ten following weeks, is I just don't want to throw a whole bunch of weight on you and say, okay, here, go get buff, right? Here's your gym membership, go. Well, because it, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to give up after a couple of weeks. What's the statistic that everybody that makes a New Year's resolution to get into the gym and get fit, like six weeks after, they're done? So they bought the whole, re- the, the, the whole membership for the whole year, but like in February, they're like, yeah, I'm going to go get some bonbons and take them to my, my wife. And Girl Scout cookie, oh, Girl Scout cookie, that, that's a hard one. Um, but yeah, but, but that's usually what happens. Like it, it's, I just want to give up. I don't know really, really what I'm doing. I think that that's, I think that the intention of, of, of most of us in here is like, I, I really want to train. You talk about training and not trying. I, I, I want to train in godliness. I, I, I really want to do it, but I, I need help to do it. Well, you just need a guide. And, and that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. But what, one of the things that I want to make sure is when we, when we enter into this, in, when we enter into uh, the, the, this training regiment, whatever, of, of however you want to call it, of the, the Ten Commandments, I want us to understand that these are not to burden you. These are not to throw more weight on your back. These are for freedom. And and that verse there in Galatians chapter 5, where it says, for freedom you have been set free. This is what you have to look at, because if you look at the Ten Commandments as a bunch of do's and don'ts, you're going to miss it. You're going to injure your muscles, proverbially, right? Right? You're going to go and you're going to try to do the best, and you, but you're not going to be training. You're going to have an exercise in futility. This is not to burden you. This is to free you. Uh, I, I heard a, a pastor one time say that the, the Ten Commandments are um, that we've been set free to live free. I love that. We've been set free to live free. And this is the way in which God wants us to live free. Wait a second. I thought freedom was doing whatever I wanted to do. Some of us have said that once or twice. Some of us still think that right now. Well, I live in America. I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Okay, go down the road and rob Dairy Mart and see if you get away with it. You're free to do it, right? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Circle K, not Dairy Mart. Um, but you're free to do it. You're free to, but that's not what freedom is. Freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want. Freedom is the ability to do what God designed you to do. It's, it's understanding that God designed me for a purpose and I, and I can operate with inside of what, how God designed me to be the best me that God wants me to be. We've talked in the past when we were, we're going through that Gideon uh, series and everything that God sees you in your potential. God sees you there. God designed you for that. So what, what, what you need to understand is, is freedom is the ability to do that, the way in which God has designed you to do that. Not just kind of like, I'm just going to live a, a, you know, a, a free lifestyle and let, let things come and go and it'll just be you know, all kumbaya. No, because what happens is sin happens. 
And, and, and I want us to, 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 to uh, kind of draw into this a, a, a little bit for, for the sake of when, um, when we sin, not if, because it, it happens, when we sin, we're not only sinning, again, and I'm not saying this like this is, uh, this is minimized, it's, ma- it's maximized, we're sinning against God. That is the greatest thing, the, the greatest outcome of sins. We're sinning against God. What we have to understand is when we sin, what we are doing is we are, we are enslaving ourselves. We're putting ourselves into bondage. So when, when somebody says... I can, I can live free and I can do what I want and I can, you know, God, God give, uh, forgives all sins and he, 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 you know, I live by grace and God will forgive me no matter what I do. Well, Paul makes it very clear that like, don't, don't let this freedom, don't let this liberty which you have become a license. Like, like, yes, God will forgive you. But what you're missing here is if God has already forgiven you and you are his child, why in the world would you want to hurt the, 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 the heart of your father? Why would, why would you want to do that? I mean, are you going to mess up and things going to happen? Y- y- yes, but why would you blatantly say, like, I know this is bad, but I'm going to do it anyways? That's sin, and what happens when we sin, we enslave ourselves. So we become uh, enslaved to the master, and the master becomes sin in our lives. But Paul says in Romans 6 that, 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 therefore, that there's, there, there doesn't have to be any dominion over you. Sin has no dominion over you because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Well, what does he mean there? What he's saying is you don't have to sin. You don't have to Sin has no control over you unless you let it have control over you. Just like Satan has no control over you unless you let him have control over you. Yeah, but I think some crazy things, and I've had this happen in my life, and I've had that happen in my life. And we, I talked to a, a, a lady uh, yesterday that, 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 that says that, you know, God's not answering my prayers because, you know, all the, the things like that. I don't think that God can, I don't think that God can answer these prayers. Well, well. The God that's in the Bible, the God in which I serve, conquered death. I think if he conquered death, and, and, and let's just throw a little, you know, let's throw a cherry on top. He created everything. I think he can overcome anything you throw at him. And he, he's not sitting up in heaven like, oh, crap, I didn't see that coming. What am I going to do about that one? Marlon, what happened? You know, I mean, it's, it's not, why did you drop the tablet? Oh, that was Moses. Sorry. I know that you guys were contemporaries and everything. Um, but we're not going to catch God off guard. I had to get in there sooner or later, you know. Um, but we're not going to catch God off guard. And we, we need to understand that we don't have to sin. We don't have to. And sometimes it's, we, get, we fall into these traps because really we don't know where the line is. The, the, the law provides the line. It provides the guide for us. But it's not, I guess what pops into my mind, it's kind of like the, anybody went bumper bowling, right? It's the only way, some, yeah, I get you, me too. I mean, it's kind of like the bumpers, it, it keeps us in line, can you jump the bumpers? Yeah, if you throw it hard enough, and I mean, you can throw it into another lane. 
But, but what happens is when, you, when, you, when you're rolling that ball down, it, it kind of, maybe a balance in between because you know where the boundaries are. The law is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And it's not meant to burden us. It's meant to free us so that we can live a life that is pleasing, uh, live a life that is worthy of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, I made mention to um, the, uh, the, the reformers. And some of the great reformers, they've said a lot of good things about um, the Ten Commandments and, and, and the law. Um, what was universal between all of, uh, of these, these reformers is this. Man in Christ, so man meaning mankind, man or woman in Christ is not under the law as a means of salvation. So understand, we just talked about that. We're not justified before God because of works of the law. And they all agreed on that. They said, man is not in Christ under the law, or man in Christ is not under the law as a means of salvation. He remains under it as a rule of life. And I love this. Love this. John Calvin says, the law acts like a whip to the flesh urging it on as men do a sluggish, lazy ass. Even in the case of a spiritual man, inasmuch as he is still burdened with the weight of the flesh, the law is a constant stimulus, pricking him forward when he would indulge in sloth. The law is that, got to go, keep on going. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. You're in Christ. Therefore, since you have received Jesus Christ, so walk in him. It's urging us along so we don't get lazy in our faith. It's understanding that, okay, there's purpose. That we need to, that it provides the adequate motivation so we can seek a, deep, a deeper relationship with God. Well, I don't need, a, I don't need motivation for that. O- okay, maybe you don't. But there's a lot of us that, that we have these, these days, they're, 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 they're dark days that we need a little extra motivation. Like, okay, why am I doing this? Because what we have to understand is um, when, when we talk about we're not under law, we're under grace, we, we understand that it's because of what Christ has done on the cross in Christ himself, we talked about this in Sunday school with Jake, um, Christ himself, he says that I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. So, 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 so think about this. And this is the, the, the moment of, of, of real truth. If Christ came to fulfill the law, and Paul says over and over and over and over again that if you're a believer, if you are a child of God, that you are in Christ... Right? So if we're in Christ and Christ fulfills the law, why would we not look to the law to see about how we can uh, be, be uh, uh, prodded along and motivated for deeper relationship with him? Why, why would we not do that? I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, I know, I, I know that this, I, I need to do this, and here's the answer, but like, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know why I, don't, I, I do it. I ask Gabe that all the time. Why'd you do that? I don't know. Go see your mother. I, but but that's, our, that, that's, what, that's what we do. It's like, I don't know. But I, I think that, that what we do, what we have done, and when I say we, I'm grouping myself in here too because I'm, I'm guilty of this as well at times. 
What we have done is we have heard the law and we've heard, okay, no more. We're not, we don't have to, we're not under religion. It's all about relationship. Absolutely. But as one, one, one guy says, um, you can't have, uh, let, me, let me read this. It's a whole lot better than my words. Faith in Christ must always be accompanied by obedience of him as Lord. Faith in Christ must always, not sometimes, always be, um, be accompanied by obedience. So, so we can't say, I'm a child of God. I have my faith in him, but I'm not going to do what he says. It, it doesn't make sense. It, those aren't my words. Those are God's words. If you don't, over the next 10 weeks, agree with God's law, you're not disagreeing with Lee. You're disagreeing with God. In an arm wrestling match, he'll win. Just saying. So understand that, 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 that if we're going to say that, that my faith is in him, Faith and obedience have a lot that, 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 that mingle. Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Which ones did he say? Well, which commandments did Jesus talk about? He said, love God, love people, right? What we're going to see over the next 10 weeks is all 10 commandments can be broken down into two sections. The first four, love God. The last six, love people. Understanding that in that, we understand that loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves fulfills the law, as Jesus says. So I want us to look at this and look at this in a positive light. Look at this like, I want to learn. I want to be taught so that I can train because if you're not taught to train, you're gonna, like I said, it's going to be an act of futility. And, and, and I've heard, I've talked to a bunch of you. I, I think there's an eagerness, like, I want to do what's right. Like, I, I don't know why my, my, you know, my, my wife does this, or I don't know why my kids do this, or I don't know why my boss is this way. I don't know how to deal with all of this. We, we need help training to deal with that. I, I think that um, as uh, last week we, I, I, I broke the rule, and I uh, apologize for that, and I preached, <laughs> but um, I, I, I have a, a deep conviction when it comes to, we talked about the Shema, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the prayer uh, and the declaration that Israel would, would pray uh, at least twice a day, and that line in there, it says that you were to, to teach our children what is it that we're to teach them? Well, if you look in, in order, um, in Deuteronomy is the second telling of the, 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 the law. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, it goes through the, the Ten Commandments. And after, in Deuteronomy 6, is where we read about the Shema and tell them what we're to teach. Let that kind of sink, sink in and say, okay, I, I want to be taught. I want to learn so that I can teach others. You never know the impact in what you're going to have on somebody. You never know what, how God's going to use you. We're all tools in a positive sense, not a bad sense. We're, we're, all, we're all tools in the hand of a perfect redeemer. Being equipped and trained to do what it is that we were designed to do is paramount. 
And I think that over the next few weeks, we're going to see how God's going to use us by understanding that it's training and it's implementing that into our daily life. Our Father God in heaven, um, Lord, God, my, my, my prayer is that as we have uh, just started into the, the, this series on, on uh, your law, that God, my, my number one prayer is that you're glorified in this, and I, and I hope that the ramblings of a madman make sense. And, and, and that we can, we can see the value in what it is that you have given us in your, in your law. Uh, God, that we don't need to shy away from it, and we don't need to put it on our back as a burden, but we need to see it as what it is. It's, it's, it's freedom to live free in you. So God, I, I, I pray that um, as we uh, partake of, of uh, your uh, broken body and your shed blood as a symbol of what you've done, God, I, I pray that, that we can um, continue to in this, this walk and, and, and move forward in this walk with you. So God, all the glory is yours. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.